All right. Clap it in. This is The Wanderers, episode 23. We're introducing Jonas Martin. It's a good buddy of ours. Uh, He's been doing the radio show, or he got us the radio gig at the college, uh, 101.5 The Hawk. Yes, sir. The bludgeoning. The bludgeoning. 101.5 The Bludgeoning. (laughs) Yeah, you can catch that um, Saturdays 9 to 12, uh, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., uh, if you guys want to suggest anything at the Wanderers Pod on Twitter, hit us up. And uh, so yeah. today we had an interview with the frontman of Tear. Uh, it's a folk metal band from the Faroe Islands. Um, Harry Johnson. Yeah, Harry Johnson. I don't know how to say their names. I know we're we're uh, we're lame, boring, oh. boring Canadian white people. Brutal, boring names. Yeah. So <clears throat> we basically just talked about his music and his influences and how it is being in a big metal band on such a small island. Um, really cool guy. Really cool. Yeah. yeah, it was a great interview. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't say too much. I kind of dipped out in the beginning. Yeah. I got a phone call by accident. Yeah, Colin just fucking... Ruined everything. Ruins right? everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it wasn't a train wreck, it wouldn't be here on the Wanderers. Exactly. So. Keeping it in. Yeah, keeping it all in. All and after that... We just got into a bunch of bullshit, I guess. Yeah. As Jonas puts it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talked about some video games and uh, sweet, a little sweet bit tent. of economy, yeah. automation. Economics, automation. Yapped our mouths, try, pretended to be smart. Yeah. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> I wasn't the more you know, the more you know. I, I don't know about you, but I got three quarters of a university. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I was there. Hey, I got a... <laughs> I got a full one, you son of a <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we'll throw right to the interview, and that'll be that. Yeah, hope you all enjoyed the episode and the interview with Harry. Harry from Tear, everybody. Take it away, Nick. Solid. <laughs> Better than mine. We're two baldies in here. Yeah. We're, I, I'm a hat. I'm a hat twenty four seven kind of guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't expect to go that way. Fortunately, not not that. I mean, plenty of nice bald men out there. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> not that nice. Don't don't get me that wrong. Yeah, I, I'm lucky. I already got a woman, so. Yeah. She she she's she's the one that messed up. I I balled it after we got married. So <laughs> you're the one who married me. Yeah, exactly. It's her mistake. All right, let's start. Yeah. So, um, welcome. This is the Wanderers podcast, uh, the Bludgeoning Edition. Thanks. We kind of like uh, lately we've been kind of tailoring our show more towards metal. Uh, we started off as like kind of pure entertainment but uh we actually started a radio show so it, the radio show itself is is a all metal show 
uh, that's called the bludgeoning. So we're kind of just like putting them hand in hand. Um, yeah. The other, our last guest we had was uh, Lexi Leho from Children of Bodom. Have you ever yeah. had the the pleasure of touring with them? Yeah, we did. Um, we toured through the U.S. and Canada with Children of Bodom for for about five or six weeks. It's um, oh, when I, I I have a really hard time remembering how long ago everything is. Yeah. We get the, after everything goes by. Oh, a couple years ago. We always talk about how all the shows we see get muddled together. For you guys, it must everything just get must get muddled together, eh? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, I have a I have a poor mind for things like that. If you ask Gunnar, for example, our bass player, he can remember like the time, the date, and the place of almost everything. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. When we were talking to Alexi, it was almost like he didn't even know where he was. <laughs> and, and where was he? Uh, we were in Toronto. Like, we we kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. we were asking him, like, what his favorite venue was, and he had a tough time remembering any venue in Canada, so I'm sure it gets yeah, like that, that for happens. everyone. That, that, uh, the places sort of get muddled together. You remember where, that you've been to Canada, but it, 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 I'm hard-pressed to, you know, like, remember one at the inside of a venue in, in Canada. I do remember Vancouver because it sort of stands out from everything else I've experienced. That's funny because he said the same thing. What venue in Vancouver was it? Do you know? Uh, the uh, the, the, the uh, rickshaw thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw you guys there. It's a very uh, oh, cool. it's a very uh, weird venue, for sure. It is, it is. It's like, it's like a movie theater. Hmm. It's like what? It's like a movie theater. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. A great show, though. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. We were actually, I was actually going to ask you about... Um, being from the Faroe Islands, when you probably now it's more easier to arrange tours. But when you're first starting out, was it difficult to travel from the Faroe Islands, or did you have to relocate to Denmark or Norway to make it to make it work? No, we we never relocated. Um, I did live in Denmark when we started the band, but when we started touring, uh, I lived in the Faroes, <clears throat> and that was in uh, 2003 or four. We did some tiny tours like uh, less than a week you know to Finland and Russia and to Iceland for a week and um, it was uh, very difficult to arrange we arranged everything uh, ourselves and with a little uh, help from uh, friends and uh, of course it was a new trade that we had to learn and, and uh, the, the biggest financial hurdle was always leaving the country everything after that was relatively cheap and, and easy but getting out of the country uh, was um, with all the equipment we had to bring with us was, was just uh, uh, the biggest financial challenge and then what really kept us back. I can. But imagine. after we started touring, touring like like uh, for real in 2006, like on you know on proper tours with the tour bus and then the tour manager and everything, it became a lot easier. Uh, but still, even today, uh, I should say, though we do get a lot of help, like local financial uh, government help. Um, the, the flights out of the Faroes are almost always the most expensive part of the tour. Hmm. So you do so you do bring your gear with you from the Faroes. You don't like you don't rent gear on the on the continent or anything like that. It's not cheaper to do it that way. Well, well, we have to rent drums, for example. Uh, you can't bring your own drums. Uh, we did used to travel with amplifiers, but, but uh, we have 
done a lot lately to to minimize our gear. So we have digital lamps, uh, campers, for example, and and uh, for base gonna use a sound lamp, just like a one unit little thing. And um, so so minimizing and optimizing our gear has, has been a, a, an expensive and, and uh, long challenge. So we have to take some gear with us. If, if you rent everything, you get almost always get like worn down things that, that nobody really owns and, and nobody really cares about. Mm-hmm. So it tends not to work very, very well. Um, and now that we can afford it, we bring our own stuff uh, and our own technicians. Yeah, and I'm sure being on a label helps a lot with that too, a, a bigger label. Well, not with the touring, actually, but it does help with the exposure. I mean, I can feel that, you know, the, the uh, demand for the band is growing and, and uh, that gets us higher fees. And, and um, But yeah, they don't really get involved in, in the touring arrangements themselves. Oh, okay. Was it, was it the, um, the Pagan tours that really kind of helped you guys get exposed in North America and Europe? The Pagan Fest? Well... I remember that. Uh, we... The Pagan Fest was the first, our first trip to uh, to the Americas, but uh, we played a few tours in, in Europe before that. <clears throat> um, but it, it might have been the biggest single. I'm not sure. We, we were on tour with uh, Amanda Marth in Europe before uh, Pagan Fest, and, and that was pretty big. Um, I, I would say it was probably bigger than, than Pagan Fest, but as for the US, Pagan Fest was really what brought us over there. Yeah, so since then, <clears throat> you, you've you're kind of like one of these bands that kind of a lot of the times you're opening up for other bands and I've seen you guys, <laughs> I couldn't even count how many times. Um, so it must be nice to get into a market like, like America and then consistently have a fan base growing. So it's, it's really impressive since you're from the Faroe Islands, such a small nation that you were able to accomplish so much. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, I don't think really it's it's more difficult for us uh, than, um, say, a band from from Sweden or or uh, Iceland. Um, the only thing I'm not sure it's even a disadvantage is that the Faroes are relatively unknown. I think it makes people curious, and the fact that we have our folklore to draw on. Um, but then again, so so do so do they do. Uh, they do the same thing in Iceland and, and um, Norway and, and wherever. So <clears throat> not really specific to us. Yeah. The, really, the, big, the biggest disadvantage of living here has, has been the travel cost <clears throat> to, <clears throat> to the mainland. Yeah. I think everything else has probably worked uh, to our advantage. It's really interesting. You touched on something there that uh, you really kind of fell into the, this folk metal genre, yet you don't have any of the traditional folk instruments as the other bands do, like you have Fintroll and, and, and bands like Ensafirum and Elveti who have all these traditional instruments, yet you guys do the yeah. simple, I think it might be the singing, right? The par- part of the uh, Faroese folklore, right? Yes, the, yeah. The, the reason for that is, is quite simple. There are no Faroese folk instruments. <laughs> There's only singing. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and um, in, in um, Iceland, they have some, some kind of harps or... or old instruments in norway they have plenty to choose from from folk instruments in the faroes we have nothing and so far as anyone knows there never was any any particular faroese folk instrument hmm. people were more interested in in uh, the stories and the ballads than, than uh, the music itself apparently 
Hmm. Uh, so we have a ton of you know vocal melodies and and uh, and folklore, but but no folk instruments. So so for that reason, I never thought about using it. I, I wasn't really aware that was such a thing as folk metal when we started. Um, I only heard about these bands after we released the first album. Bands like um, uh, Bathory and and um, what have you, Einherjar, um other other folk bands. So if you so, had so uh, yeah, go ahead. So if you hadn't heard uh, Bathory specifically and stuff like that, what was the inspiration to start a metal band, and what were your influences? <clears throat> uh, one of the main inspirations for precisely for for this band for the first album was. Uh, Black Sabbath's album Tear. Right. Um, it's like a semi-Viking metal album, I guess you could call it. And then I I, I tried to combine Paris, um folk music and, and metal for some time already. Um, I, I started trying or fiddling with that maybe already in 95 or 96. Um, and uh, I had no band or no musicians to realize uh, the vision with. So, so once, as soon as we made Tuir, uh, that was what I wanted to go for. So my folk influence came directly from Paris folk music and Danish uh, folk music partly also. Um, so I really just wanted to combine the two. I, I didn't know of any metal bands doing the same thing. I was really outside that, completely outside the, the, that uh, um, scene. Uh, my metal influences were Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, um, Def Leppard, Europe, TNT, uh, Return, um, Dio, Rainbow, oh, yeah. you know, Scandinavian <laughs> yeah. metal and, and uh, British New Wave <laughs> metal and, and some, some uh, you know, later also Dream Theater, maybe also Metallica. Right. Think like that. Everyone laughed in here because they know that I'm kind of a rainbow snob. <laughs> yeah, he's, as soon as you said it, he started to breathe heavy. <laughs> rainbow is one, one of those bands that they hardly made one bad or not very good song. I mean, there's oh. this amazing songwriter bands. Oh my gosh. And I, I, even the stuff without Dio is still amazing. It is. It is. It's a bit more poppy, but um, it's, it's yeah, it's a bit more radio know, friendly, but it's still yeah, it's still Richie yeah, Blackmore. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, as for songwriting, I think Master Genius. Oh, un un unmatched. <laughs> yeah, you might you might be the only person I've ever heard say that they were inspired to write music by Black Sabbath's Tear. <laughs> it's not exactly their most famous album. I stole, we stole the logo from there, partly, and the name for the band. <laughs> of course, also inspired by mythology, as, as also inspired Black Sabbath for that album. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's one of Black Sabbath's most... It's like from that forgotten era of Black Sabbath, you know? It really is. It, it's a strange album. It's sort of half of it follows the, the mythological uh, uh, thing, and the, re the rest of it is sort of completely outside. Like they make, made Halfa... Viking metal album and then a half a standard metal album. So it's sort of um, it's a strange album that in its entirety doesn't really work, but they have <laughs> like a great basic idea, I think. Yeah, it's, so I understand if people if it turns some people off. Yeah, it's certainly not my favorite Black Sabbath, but I understand what you're saying. It's definitely like a half formed idea. There's a really great idea there that's been started, but it yeah, it took 
bands like Bathory and what you're saying earlier to kind of adapt that sound. And they, they, you got to give them credit for st starting it. Yeah. You can really hear, uh, actually, now that you say it, because you're kind of thrown into this group of extreme metal bands, yet you're still uh, pretty persistent with straight, strict, uh, clean vocals. And uh, it's some of the, the best singing and most most of the metal around today, I think. But now that you say that your influences, I can really, really hear that in your music. Mm -hmm. we're, we're very often put together with a black uh, metal bands on tour. And uh, if, if the audience wants that, I mean, I have no problem with it. But uh, we never played anything like that. As, so the only um, thing we have in common with black bands are often the folk and uh, mythological influences. Yeah. Um, but I should mention that for the upcoming album, I did do some extreme vocals. Oh, really? I'm looking wow. forward to it. Oh, that's exciting. So, so it's like uh, uh, the opening song, um, only the verses. So there's like a verse, pre-chorus, and a chorus, and the verses, which, which are quite short, have the extreme vocals. Is this the first so, time that you've done something like that? First time I ever tried. How did, did it feel? Did you nail it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone I show, I wouldn't say I nailed it, but people I showed it to um, liked it, and I'm getting thumbs up from from my girlfriend over there right now. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And and uh, my I tried to uh, I'm impressed by Johan Haig, for example, his very deep growl and his very clear pronunciation of the words, which I think is important. What sets me off about some some growlers are that you can't understand the word they're saying even while reading the lyrics. Um, so, uh, I, I really tried to, to pronounce it clearly and, and uh, get a low growl like Johan Haig. Of course, I'm, I'm nowhere near that good. He's one of the best in the world. And, um, but I gave the shot and, and uh, I'm excited to what people are going to think about it. When can we expect this new album? Oh, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, continually postponed. Um, <laughs> Hey, at least I, you're beating Tool. What's I it been like? I recorded the vocals for six, song, five songs now, and there will be 13 songs on the album. Um, on January, uh, rubbish, February 19th, we will record drums uh, with Jacob Hansen for, for a week. And um, until then, and immediately after that, it's vocals and, and solos and once I'm done with that, the album's done. And it'll be released. So, That's exciting. It's been almost five years now, right? Yeah. Was it 13 or 14 last year? Yeah, 13, yeah. 13, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Closing on five years. You're doing, <clears> you're doing, you're doing the Blind Guardian thing, a new <laughs> album every five years. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to do that. We had some... We had some uh, crew issues and, and some some uh, um, cooperation changes that, that uh, set us back uh, like a year or two and um, also some changes in, in the way we record albums now which also took more time than I expected well, then I should hasten to add everything apparently takes more time than I expect <laughs> and I've been I've been doing the the management of the band also lately uh, we're trying to find find um, management to, to um, you know, lessen my workload. Mm -hmm. Now, is this your primary so, job? 
do you, do you carry on a day job on top of this? I do. I do not have a day job. <laughs> when it's time for bill to pay the bills, I wish I had a day job. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of a lot of bands have to, especially the smaller ones, have to keep themselves working. You can see suffocation. Yeah, even I have bands. Uh, well, I'm. You, I'm not saying we're not a small band, but bands our size and a little bit bigger, and there's plenty of guys with day jobs in all, all those bands. Yeah, we were just talking with Suffocation when they were here in Toronto, and their singer can't tour with the band because of his day job. They have to employ a, a touring singer, which has yeah. got to be a strange thing to do when you write all the music and then you just stay at home while the band goes and tours it. And it's a thirty, it's like a 30-year-old band. Singer, yeah, that's that's quite weird. I mean, this, this front man is like the face of the band, and uh, if, if they want to do that, it's up to them. But but I know some bands whose whose main members don't want to tour at all. Take take Moonsor, for example. Uh, Henry just stays home, even though he's uh, like one of the masterminds of the band. He just doesn't want doesn't want to do the touring. It sort of takes uh, now Moonsor are a fine live band. That's not what I'm saying, but it takes a little bit away from. Um, you know, you see the guys on, on the cover of, of the album, and you see some different guys live. It um, it may lessen the, the um, feeling of, of authenticity for for the fans. I don't know. So when Moonsorrow does tour, they they just get a fill in, or he actually it's just yeah, they don't. They, tour. they have a kind of like a, a regular guy. Well, I mean, they have a, the same guy every time. His name is uh, oh, what's his name? <laughs> I hope he doesn't see that he's going to strangle him. <laughs> um, I, I know him quite well. I haven't seen him in some time. He's um, the same guy every time. Henry goes on tour for a, a few days or a few weeks, and then the, his stand-in comes and does the rest. Some guys just don't, don't want to do the touring, you know, and uh, I respect that. But but I think it's very important that, that you present, at least uh, for Tour, I want to do that, you know, present the whole band live as you do on album. Yeah. Well, I feel like this these days especially, people listen to music in order to... I don't know, maybe this is just how I listen to music, but when I listen to music, I listen to it because I'm so excited to see that band live. I like yeah. it, it gives you a different perspective when you see it live, when you know the, the music. Maybe I'm just like a live music addict, but I see exactly what you're saying. You want to see the people who wrote it and you want to have that connection yeah. with the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you, that's how I feel at this, and, and um, not everybody does, obviously, and that's up to them. But but that's what, what I really like, and, and when, when fans are able to play similarly live as they do on album, it annoys me that, that fans make such big arrangements and they don't uh, do anything sort of to fill, fill out the big arrangements live. That's another issue that, that some bands have, uh, that it just doesn't sound the same live, and that tends to annoy me. At least, and I know it doesn't annoy most people. But um. you, well, you guys clearly put a lot of effort into your live shows because I mean, every time I've seen you, whether you're playing in a small room or a big room, you always bring it 100. percent I've never seen you bring it anything less than that. So you're clearly very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm very glad you think that. Uh, yeah, we, <clears throat> my, my main uh, focus is always the music. Get get, get the music right, and and Gunnar uh, and Terje. Uh, care more maybe about you know making the live show good and that's also important it's very important to have have a good you know stage presence and Gunnar is just one of the best 
people I, I've ever seen at, at the stage presence thing. So I just try to <laughs> look at what he does and, and imitate that. <laughs> and, so and, um, um, I'm always the one trying to make you know everyone play exactly like an album. Maybe <laughs> that's not always the best thing to do, but that's that's what I care about at least. If you can do both, that's that's ideal, right? I I would hope so. Yes. So this new album, can we uh, expect some of the the political songs to make it through, like like in the past? I I guess you can say there's some politics in in all the albums so far. As I said, I I've only kept uh, written the lyrics for for song number five. There's there's thirteen songs on the album, so. Um, I'm not even really 100% sure what the, the remaining songs will be about. But so far, yes, there's politics in it, definitely. Uh, not in the same direct manner as with uh, Shadow of the Swastika, though. So what was, yet, what right. was the story behind that? Uh, the sh song The Shadow of the Swastika? Yes. Um, there was a guy in Berlin who um, was um, accusing bands uh, who, who played uh, folk and, and uh, pagan metal of being... Uh, right-wing uh, extremists, Nazis, and um, he had managed to get a few shows cancelled. I'm not sure by which bands, but when we came to Berlin after that, uh, the same story, he tried to, um, well, he told the venue he was arranging um, protests and tried to pressure them into cancelling the show, and, and they called him on, on, a, on it, and it turned out, turned out it was a bluff, that not, he had no there was no no protest arranged and uh, nothing happened. And um, but he had a lot of uh, presence in the media and he had had some backup from from uh, journalists. And uh, it made me really angry because th this happens especially in Germany that people are hypersensitive. As soon as someone points the finger and says Nazi about someone, and every no, I shouldn't say everyone. But a disproportionate amount of people in Germany jump on, on the train and, and agree. And all it takes is that you call someone Nazi. You don't have to prove anything. And um, it made me really angry. So I wanted to write a song about it. And what, what amazed me even more is all the German people I asked about this idea of mine, making a song called Shadow of Swastika, they told me if I mentioned the word Swastika in a song, my career would be over immediately. I didn't believe that, so well, I, I called that look, and uh, and I released it, and absolutely nothing happened. Not one journalist uh, even insinuated that we were right wing, or, or even like asked closely closely about it. So, I think it really goes to show that Germans, especially, are hypersensitive, and there's just nothing to worry about. In in uh, at least in in all the folk metal that I know, I mean. Yeah, everyone uses runes, everyone uses Nordic mythology, Vikings, uh, but I mean, where are the Nazis? I haven't seen them. How much of that, that uh, those runes and that mythology plays into your real life? Is it something that you really believe in, or is it is it simply just... No, I, I wouldn't say. I, I, I would start by saying I have great, great respect for, for Nordic mythology and, and Nordic tradition, but um, philosophically, I'm, I'm an atheist. Um, I don't believe in, in um, the gods being uh, being um, literally uh, uh, alive or, or, or personally present or anything. 
but I think it's very, very valuable as uh, mythology. Mythology definitely has its place, and it, it speaks very powerfully to people, um, even Christian mythology, for that matter. Um, I just don't believe any of it is literally true. Yeah, that's that's refreshing to hear. You, a lot of people in in the northern uh, Nordic countries are like that, and then there's obviously some that that take it seriously, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, there are some, and, and they don't like to hear what I have to say about it. But that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're always going to find people that disagree with you, so. True, true. There's no churches being burned down in uh, the pharaohs? <laughs> <laughs> and no. I, I, well, I do remember someone set fire to a church once. It had nothing to do with, uh, with metal. It was a disturbed individual. Completely different story. <laughs> we don't have the same problem as they have in Norway, or what happened in Norway. Did have since you guys have started? Have you noticed an increase in? I'm sure because it's a fairly it's a small community. I'm sure you're aware of most people in in on your island. Have you noticed an increase in music or metal since you've started in the Pharaohs? Um, well, music has been generally on the rise since um, well as long as I can remember um, I'm, I'm, there is some, there are plenty of bands uh, I think there's a disproportionate amount of bands per capita in the Pharaohs <laughs> and um, we are now two bands two metal bands on, on Metal Blade Records from the Pharaohs and there's plenty of smaller metal bands trying to uh, get attention and release albums and outside metal there's you know, very diverse. And there's there's uh, internationally famous you know country singers, uh, pop uh, folk singers, uh, singer songwriters. So there's a lot of music, and it's I would say it's generally increasing. That's good. It's good to hear. Pass yes, on the traditions. Which metal had more like traction on the radio? I shouldn't complain. There's 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 some <laughs> metal on the radio more well, than more than. Uh, you can uh, rest assured that you'll get a you'll get a play on our radio show every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. Hamilton, Ontario. We have. I think we're probably the only metal radio station here, but at least we yeah. have one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we had to go I and do it ourselves. Uh, so, so did you um, do you have like a weekly show or or do you? Transmit all the time. Yeah, it's it's weekly on the radio every Saturday night, uh, nine p.m. to twelve a.m. Uh, and then we just do these podcasts whenever we can get guests. So and then we'll we'll translate, like we'll go through and edit this interview down and play it on the radio uh -huh. show as well. Yeah, so this goes to radio and, and on, on YouTube. You yes, said? yes. The 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 radio show is just a, at a volunteer station. It's not like a, a big time station that we get paid for, but no. it, but it has a pretty good reach and we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, cool. No, yeah, no, that's, it, how you, that's how you got to do it. There's not a lot of money in metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it, man. <laughs> but it does have the best people, so it does. It really, does. it does. It does. You you, uh, you connect with people very easily once <laughs> you know they're metalheads, and uh, there's some things you have more in common that, than maybe. Some guy who lives next door and listens to I don't know reggae. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you see a guy on the street with a metal shirt, you're instantly friends. Yeah, 
It's yeah. just the way it works. Well, who said that quote? Was it Rob Zombie or the guy from Corn? It's like metal or growing up as a kid, I was always feeling like the weird one. And like when you, whenever you go to the metal show, it's like all the weird kids yeah. meet together. And it's just like. It's true. It's the and best. You feel normal and you feel normal. Yeah. Well, yeah. that I think we can end there. Uh, it's been a great interview, man. Thanks. Yeah, this was a great interview, actually. Thanks for doing this. And, uh, best of luck to you guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, Aaron. Best of luck to you. Hope to see you in uh, Canada again soon. Yeah, looking forward to the new yeah, album soon, as well. Soon, yeah. You guys got to get on the Rock Fest in Quebec. It's the best metal festival in Canada. Oh, yeah. We never played uh, any festival there. We, oh, yes, we played the uh, Prog Power in, in uh, Atlanta. That's that's what, the one festival we played in the U.S. Yeah, then, of course, the 70,000 tons. But apart from those two, we never played any festivals in the in the americas but you got to get hooked up with Rockfest. it's a it's a big party yeah it's great it's we amazing gotta that. we gotta do that you can ask and Sephirum about it corpaclani they've all played it yeah <laughs> i will i will i'll get our booker on it <laughs> all right see you later harry take care thanks buddy later, bye guys all right that was harry from the band Tear. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, I, sorry, I kind of dipped out in the beginning there. Yeah, I what was that? We were like, oh, all right, see you later, Colin. And Gary's like, all right, that's, that's, you guys ready to start? We're like, yep, and they're like, oh, see you later, Colin. <laughs> well, it's funny, because I'm like, all right, make sure you turn the ringers off. We've been bad for that. And also my phone starts ringing. I literally just turned my phone off, and then it was, uh, apparently I missed two emails, but it was the job that uh, they're calling me, telling me, to come in on Monday, so I got the job. Nice. You got the job, man. I got the job. <laughs> what job is that? Uh, it's at Shervin. Um, oh, yeah, you were talking. Yeah, nice, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah they're starting uh, Monday. In the, I, I applied for the finishing position, but um, they don't, they're still working stuff out, so they just wanted to hire me before I got another job, basically, so they're going to train me in somewhere else. And then once the finishing department gets opened up or whatever, what they're doing, then I'm going to go do that. So. Nice. Sounds like an off-air kind of conversation. <laughs> uh, the, it's the <laughs> podcast, man. Everything's on air. Uh, but yeah, uh, we can take a break and throw it to our buddy Nicholas Cage. Nick, take it away. Excuse me, I have to use the little boy's wee-wee room. Did Bitcoin just fucking crash hard? I don't know. I, I last I heard it was at nineteen thousand or something, and then also it's like at eight thousand again. What did you expect? Nothing well, can sustain growth like that. No, I especially know. nothing with that tangible, no, I know. where there's no tangible product. No, I know. It's just an idea. That's all it is. Well, so is money in general. No. Money has banknotes. Yeah, but... Money is tied to banknotes. Uh, you know, money is, is such a fucking weird concept. Right, it but really it has... Is. It has physical... Someone just, like, made it... It's up. not like one day, gold, One though. day, some fucking... Caveman was just like, I give you gold for that? And they're like, okay. Well, it wasn't a caveman, but... Man, but or whatever, like a... Like, like, yeah, like some fucking was like... Oh, well, this is content, so let's... It's that sweet, sweet tent. <laughs> that sweet tent. Anyways, money itself is tied to banknotes. It's why you have inflation. When you print more money than you have 
uh, value, right? So it just it just keeps going up. Well, I get when you inflate, the value goes down because there's there's just more big, covering for one. Right, but what was it? Nixon, he signed over so that um, the the dollar wasn't actually backed by gold; it was backed by government bonds or something like that. And then for every government bond, because the government has to buy from the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve lends those notes out at an interest. Yeah. So it keeps the economy in cycle because our debt and surfaces and labors are what actually drive the value of everything mm-hmm. and the, the products and services, or the products and... It's capitalism, math. Yeah. That math and capitalism... The only problem with capitalism is the people who acquire so much and then just hold on to it and then don't put that value back into the society. It's like they hoard billions of dollars for themselves and it's like, <laughs> you can't fucking even spend that. Right. Like you fuck, have people... Yeah, fuck you, Francis Bacon. <laughs> I mean, you... Like, Should be capped. Well, I... In a, well, not, well, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately too, actually. It's like, why do companies have to have growth Every single I year. I know. What is wrong with stagnation? Sustainability. Yeah. The, I've said that for years. The word stagnation as this like it's it's not a bad thing. Like, but it's because people aren't in the aren't into going into business to make money. They're in the business to make money for themselves, not to create jobs for other people. But they don't give a shit about that. No, I know. That's when you see these people are like, oh, it's a trickle down economics. Economics is bullshit. Nobody who is in charge of a big business gives a fuck about how much money their employees make. No, I know. I Trickle mean, down economics is not a viable economic policy. Maybe one in like every once in a while you'll get something yeah. that does. But it's it's especially not, in North America. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it's like in Europe. It's or not Asia. a system. Like it's it's not operating the way it's supposed to, because people are greedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Well, and another thing I've been thinking about is our economy is ready to crash because our economy doesn't know how to respond to modernization. You know, human growth has always been about, human growth and innovation has always been about doing less work, right? right? How can I do less work? How can we work less? But now we're at a point where we have things like automated, uh, automated waitresses like at restaurants yeah. in the states i noticed you can order food right on your table and it just comes to you you have automated everything and people are blaming the minimum wage increase for these things it's no these things were going to come anyway right mm-hmm. and our economy doesn't know how to react to autom- automation and we're gonna it's, it's gonna, just it's gonna it, be all rough. the money is still funneling to the top whereas with all this modernization and automation you really should start thinking about creating a universal wage yeah for people so they just get money regardless because if a robot comes in and takes your job, what do you do? You you're out you're out too. all all that money. Like painting. But a lot of painting jobs yeah. that was one of the first things to go because they have robots now that can go yeah. in like the well, same motion every time. When, At this place that I'm going to work, they're actually talking about an automated system where they're pu- they're putting doors through like this just sprayer instead of having other people do yeah. it. It's just you know, so th- they take a job of five people and turn it into one person's job. One of the distribution yeah. centers I go to for work, they're booked. To, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna. One of the distribution centers like I go to for work, they are building this giant robot 
that is gonna that does all the picking. Yeah. It just well, goes along and it goes along the shelves and picks box. It stands right. and picks the boxes. And I don't know how many jobs it's gonna cause, but you know what? We can't we can't fight progress because this is gonna happen no matter what. If the minimum wage was four dollars, this was still gonna happen. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the minimum wage. The whole the whole reason that all of these prices are are being raised, it's not because of the minimum wage hike. It's because people are afraid of the minimum wage hike. Yes. They we just simply don't have the data yet because it just happened. So they they're doing it as a precautionary yeah. rather than a reaction. Which is bullshit. And I've seen people defending these Tim Hortons um, franchisees. It's insane. And they're like, oh, they're small business owners. Bullshit. You have to have $2 million in the bank in, in, in Hamilton, in the Hamilton market. You have to have $2 million in capital to open up a Tim Hortons. Yeah. So, like, these are poor people. It's like it's some poor guy starting up a, a, like a, ca a cafe. Right. Like, fuck, you have to have $2 million in the bank to franchise a Tim Hortons. Like, and all that stuff that happened with Trump, like, he just did a bunch of tax reductions or tax cuts like that's not going to trickle over here at all will it no no any they, they're a separate economy no i get that but we're only we're kind of going in the opposite trend it seems we're, like. we're only tied by trade yeah so right. well the products and like that we're getting from america will they come at a cheaper cost now because the company or they stuff like that no. maybe I mean, I'm no, I'm not an economist. I'm just, yeah, a, no. I'm just a loudmouth with a microphone. So. They're also taking away free trade too, so that's there's something. We're also taking. I don't know. I think it's we're hard. just taking. Huge... Wouldn't it be sweet that if I, if you were getting investigated for a crime, you could just be like, "Nah, Mr. Police Officer, you fired." Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Did you? Did you? He's like, yeah, he's being yeah. investigated. And he's like, I'm just gonna fire the guy. Yeah. What the fuck? And he's and his state. That, so that's getting into where your buddy was saying he's not yet tyrannical, but that he's, is he's that laying is, the groundwork. That's starting to sound like tyranny. His State of the Union speech, he was like, "I encourage all my secretaries and cabinet ministers, or whatever they fucking call them in the states, to." Um, oh shit! Hello, Pete. Pete, help us! Help, please, please help. Hey, we're back. And we're back. Jason, With we're some back. more. Jason, Jason doesn't know how to use a goddamn It's Adobe the goddamn Adobe. computer. Yeah, blame the computer. It is. Classic conservative. Blame his automation. <laughs> Maybe we need an automated Jason. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be so Just sweet. turn. You'll just get one of those paint robots to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a big yellow arm. Just fucking so what do you think about that, Jason? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like that, it's like that fucking bird from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah. No, but seriously, we have a janky old computer. Do you like the Norwegian <laughs> We have like a little like fucking mic, like a little yeah. fucking. Like, we have like one of those soundboards. that's like folk metal. Folk do, metal. Do you like the Norwegian instruments? <laughs> that's that's weird that the, um, the Faroe Islands don't have any instruments that they. Well, not really. They're on an. Tiny, tiny island. No, but so is like Hawaii, and they have like it's just cool. It's just cool that they like. I don't think Pharaoh's not even close to the size of Hawaii. No, that's true. But like Samoa and all those. Plus, it's in the snow and cold. Yeah. So it's it's really cool that like do they that, have trees? That might be a thing. Like they might not have trees. 
Yeah, well, like, Iceland doesn't. Yeah, so they wouldn't have the wood. My dad has a friend who's in the forestry department in Iceland. What do they do? They have no trees. They cut grass. No. (laughs) (laughs) What his job is is to bring trees back. Oh. Oh, okay. Because when, like, when when Iceland was first, like, being settled by... They would have chopped it they all They chopped down. all the trees down to make their houses and their canoes and their ships and all this shit. Yeah. And now they got no trees left. But And so they're having massive wind problems there. Well, obviously. Because the, the wind is just annihilating the country. It's just going to turn the whole thing into a fjord. <laughs> yeah. Just one giant rip through. So they, so they have to, uh, so they're trying to make trees happen. But every time they plant new trees, the wind just fucks them up. Obviously. So they're trying to, I don't know, it's crazy. And I wonder if they have the same problem there. But England is having the same problem too, actually. Well, England, it'll be solved by buildings. Because yeah. they're way overpopulated. Yeah. So they'll just be, they'll just put up buildings. <clears throat> Man <laughs> trees. <laughs> <laughs> More did concrete. Guys, did you guys hear about that shit with Bill Gates? Or even in Toronto, Google is making like a city, like a smart city. In I haven't, no. Um, my buddy Alexi was telling me about that, and then also I just... Your, your buddy just, Alexi Leo? Yeah, my buddy Alexi Leo. No, <laughs> he is uh, our buddy. <laughs> Alexi Helliger, um, we had him on the podcast, actually, the episode before we had Alexi um, Leo. I know, it's so funny, I, I released the, that episode with him, and then they're like, oh, that's... That's not Alexi's last name. I'm like, it's not. He's also not black. <laughs> so, he's like one of those black Finland. Yeah. No, but I heard Bill Gates bought this huge acreage of land and he wants to build his own smart city too. Well, he has a smart house. Yeah. He, that was like he has a 15 smart, years ago. He has a smart brain. Yeah, he does. But she has smart cock. <laughs> no. Uh, what the fuck? Do you, do you want to fuck Bill Gates? <laughs> Got a little weird. Well. If you gave me a billion dollars, maybe... A billion? A billion. I'd How f- many billions? He has, like, 500? No. No. How There's much only, does Bill Gates have? Like, it jumps, depending on his company. How much is Bill Gates worth? It's, like, 50 or 60 right now. There's a guy who's worth, like, 100. The net right worth of Bill Gates is $92,700,000,000. Because he gives, he's giving, like, half of it away, too. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you Putin is worth more. How much well, is Vladimir <laughs> Putin worth? <laughs> Here is some information for what is Putin's net worth? According to Time.com, one less credible critic says Putin's real worth could be as high as $200 billion. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. No wonder Trump likes to goggle on his fucking big old schlong. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, anyway. All right, too much dick talk. Yeah. Not enough dick talk, I <laughs> um, Smart cities? Smart cities, yeah. like It won't work. People are too dumb. <laughs> people are too dumb. Well, that, they are. They're going to migrate all the smart people there and then, <laughs> then just kill all the dumb ones. Like you know who's the smartest spread guy? Spread infection everywhere. Elon Musk. No. <laughs> uh, what is it? The creator of King of the Hill. Oh, wow. Mike Judge. Mike Judge, yeah. Smartest guy ever because he predicted the future with idiocracy. Yeah. We're gonna, we have President Camacho already. No, yeah. no. Next election, we got President Camacho. <laughs> the Rock. The yeah. Rock. Oh, the, man. With Oprah as his vice. That would be so sick if there was two straight presidents who've been stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. At <laughs> and then it goes to Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, Stone <laughs> If you all want me to open up a can of whoop ass in the Oval Office, give me a hell yeah. <laughs> 
want me to fucking nuke North Korea? Give me a fucking hell yeah. <laughs> Toss me an ice cold Steve Weiser. That's funny. Oh, man. And, and meanwhile, up here, Trudeau's just like, God damn it. Pierre? Yeah. Like Pierre Trudeau? No, Justin Trudeau. Our, you said Pierre. I said Trudeau. Up here, oh, Trier, Trudeau is just up like, here. Up here. Up here sounds too much like Pierre. Man, speaking of Canadian politics, good old Doug Ford running for the uh, Conservative yeah, Party I leadership in Ontario. I saw that. Crack, crack smoking mayor's brother, who's actually a bigger son of a bitch than Rob Ford is. Was he? Yeah. He'll get in. What a roller coaster that family is. Yeah. Like, holy shit. So, they had their TV show for one episode and then got canceled. <laughs> it's well, who fucking... wants to watch a fucking TV show about the Fords? <laughs> a bunch of rich, fat white guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like the people. <laughs> I'm going to go shit on my golden hey. watch. It's like People watch worse. Well, I don't know if they do. That's people watch the... this. <laughs> do yeah, they? they do. <laughs> no. Hey, man, we got like... 1,500 views last week. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. That's probably more people that want somebody, to watch the fucking Somebody on YouTube. Yeah. Somebody on YouTube is like, what fucking kind of channel is this? You're just like, a podcast. Yeah. It's like, it's in hate the Hate is gonna hate, man. It's in the name. Did you delete the comment? No. Somebody deleted the comment. Leave them comments up. I did. No, I don't. It must have been the guy who posted then. Like, someone, like, somebody realized oh, they were a fucking idiot. Oh, it is, it is. Well, he was like, look how nervous they are. I'm like, yeah, I was meeting oh, a that fucking guy. hero of mine. I was nervous as fuck. Okay. Like, <laughs> but then he was oh, immediately, okay, yeah. immediately, he's <laughs> just like, no, I've been there. Like, I've been, I've had my yeah. what, if, what if, if you, like, if you, like, confront people like that without being, like, into <laughs> there, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you just be level-headed and. Give them the explanation. Yeah. Unless they're trolls pretending to be Jordan Slansky from Conan. <laughs> I've had that on YouTube. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I don't know. Did you see any of Conan, Conan in Haiti? That was pretty cool. No, I didn't. I don't watch the show like I used to. You know, I don't either. I, I like it's, it's still... like I watch YouTube clips of it all the time. I don't even do that anymore. I oh, used really? to... Yeah. I used to watch... I went from like watching the whole show like almost every day... To like a little bit here and there to just watching the clips. Yeah. Now really I only watch when he's doing the Clueless Gamer. I that's, see that's the thing I like the least. I'm like I don't give a shit. I like it because I don't like I don't play like video like, games. Though, I love so. video games. I'd like to like video games. I don't have the attention span for video games. Sometimes they piss me off. Like I was an hour I was an hour late coming here because I got into an intense <laughs> fight on a video game. You didn't you bring that. You're did playing, you? When did UFC three come out? Just a couple of weeks. Last night. Last. You night. didn't bring it over because you got pissed. You like. Well, I, I you went out to the store and bought it this morning. No, it was on. I had it pre-downloaded on oh my system. My God. You're the problem with your what? pre-downloads and your pre-orders. I just bought it so I can fucking uh, play the game. Uh-huh. But my, I have an issue with EA because they. Oh, only, you, you're the one with an issue with EA. Oh, <laughs> everybody has an issue. Yeah. With EA. But they release half games. Like when you pre-order a game on online for the digital download. People, the whole reason of doing that is so you can download it and have it on your system when it comes out at midnight. Yeah. But what EA does is to reduce their file size, they only release half the game. So it's only like a 20 gig download. So you download, that's what preloads. Right. So then when you start the game, you only get like, for NHL, it was like Pittsburgh versus 
Washington or Washington or whatever Nashville. Stanley Cup final was. Yeah. yeah. And you you can only play that for like three hours while the rest of the game downloads. Like this one last night, I was so ready to play career mode, and I just had to play fucking Tony Ferguson versus Conor McGregor for fucking two hours, and then I went to bed. <laughs> just beating Conor McGregor's ass for two straight hours. It got so hard. Like it was such, like the tutorial was. See, super that's why I never, easy. if I'm buying games, I like to have the physical copy. I never buy the downloads. Well, my system doesn't read the discs, so I don't know. Well, don't have such a shitty system. I bought it from someone. My, mine sits in a dust. Mine is a Netflix and WWE network machine. <laughs> yeah. It's a very expensive thing to watch wrestling and. Is Netflix. your fan really hot on your PS4? I clean mine. You clean? How do you clean it? I take it. You apart. Take it right apart. Yeah, because I. Matt, don't take Matt it a, bought my old one and he don't it over. take it apart if you have the warranty. No, only I, take it apart when you don't have the warranty. I didn't. I have bought the it from a guy in Kijiji. Yeah. Matt bought it from me, and he brought it over the other day, and it's like. I keep mine on a shelf and it's completely covered with dust all the time and it doesn't have the problem at all. Well, it has a really powerful fan. That's it keeps it cool still. Yeah, but I clean mine continuously. Like so, it's quiet as shit. And it still doesn't work. Normal. Well, the previous owner would leave it on for hours on end. So do I. And the 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 eye, the optic, warped. So it reads sometimes, not all the time. All right. So I just don't buy them anymore. Because some games... last game I bought, uh, physical, was Horizon Zero Dawn, and it didn't work, so I just got upset. Do you know what I wish EA would just do for sports games? Is If you could just pay, like, 30 bucks to get all the updated rosters. Instead of... Right. Having, and they could just release a new game every two years. So what they do... Or every three years. Because it's bullshit. It's the same game. I Fe- know. With FIFA, it's a little different. At least with this year with FIFA, they they trying new things. Yeah, but it's such bullshit. They haven't changed much in the last like five six years. And you you make your ultimate team in FIFA especially, you spend fucking hundreds of hours, too many hours, and making your ultimate making your ultimate team, and then it's like new game comes out and it's like oh start all over again. Yeah, and it's fucking bullshit. Well, that's why I like UFC because they they make it a whole new game every time. Well, there's been three in like ten years. That's good. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because it, it feels like a brand new game. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have a new fucking NHL or... It's not just a palette swap. Well, I hate Madden. I haven't played Madden in years, but... I just... Yeah, I like Madden, but... FIFA and... Like, I, I really liked the show for a while, too, but that got boring. It's the same... It's the same thing. Every time. Yeah. The show doesn't even have a career mode. Like, it has a career mode, but it doesn't have, like... Like, with FIFA, they have the, like... On the new one, they had the, the journey. Yeah. Like the like the story mode, which was really cool, and you could like walk around and like walk around they the had towns in, and shit. In Madden too, they had a story mode. Did they? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was the only good thing about the new Madden. The last football game I played was NFL Street. <laughs> nice. Those games were super fun. So you know, sweet. My roommate has um, uh, NBA Jam for uh, oh, s- for uh, Super Nintendo. That shit. We awesome. play it. All the time. Nice. It's From so downtown. I since <laughs> since Dave has set up all of his old school systems, I play them way more than I play PS4. I'm not like that. I, Matt, oh, Matt's like that. Matt loves the Mar- like. I've been playing all the old school Mario's and Donkey. Kong. They're so much more fun, man. Yeah. I spent hours playing hey. Mario. Hey, yeah, Donkey um, Kong. Hey, fucking go Spartans. <laughs> yeah, go Larry I- Nasser. <laughs> well, when. I've been playing the new Zelda. It's actually really dope. You the, have the Switch. No, 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 no. 
uh, my sister has the Wii U, and I got the family, like, the Breath, Breath of the Wild for Christmas or whatever, and I've been playing with my dad, actually. It's, it's only fun. on Switch, though. No, no it is on Wii U. Wii U. I oh, bought right. a Wii U for that game, and then they delayed and then they it because delayed they wanted it they wanted to release switch. it for the other. Yeah, I bought my brother Breath of the Wild for Christmas. So and good. It and was he has a, a switch. Yeah, he has a switch. Yeah, it was the last one in the store, and the chick was like, "Hey, do you want uh, do you want the extended edition with the DLC and the map?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, I don't care." She's like, "It's it's she's like it's an extra forty bucks, but this is the last one. You want it just for free?" Right. I was right like, on. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. So now Lewis got this like big ass fucking map and all the DLCs. So that's nice. pretty cool. That's amazing. It's but a I, really it's funny. Sweet game. I don't get it though. I it's you can so download cool. it on an emulator. Oh, open concept games just seem so boring. I don't know. Yeah. No man, they're not. They're immersive. They're no. very immersive. That's what I love. I get so bored like five minutes. I understand. I understand. I'm like, I'm just going to go watch more TV. My very first experience with an RPG well, was, was Oblivion, blocks. and I was just like, what the fuck is this piece of shit? Then, like, five hours later, I'm just like, holy shit, I'm saving the fuck kingdom. Fucking my I'm wife saving again. the Imperial Kingdom. I, like, wa- I watched my roommate play when I was in college. I would just get baked and watch my roommate play Oblivion for it. I watched people play Oblivion too. It was weird. And then, I and then I lived with a different roommate when I was in Vancouver when Skyrim came out, and I would lay on the couch. I was like, I didn't have a job because I just moved to Vancouver, and I would lay on the couch and watch him get baked and watch him play <laughs> Skyrim all day, and it was awesome. Like Skyrim, yeah, it was awesome to watch. I'd be so bored playing it though. Why? I don't, know, I don't care. You have no imagination. No, I don't. I mean, I do. I like, I like reading fantasy books and watching fantasy shit I just don't I just don't want to walk around and play I was like I'm bored yeah that's, oh, let's open up this let's open up this whoa, whoa. let's fucking let's, let's open right, up this fucking chester chest what's inside oh some coins okay some bread. Oh, look it's a little bread. more in depth now I gotta go into the menu and look at my food ah it's boring I'm bored already I've been getting into survival <laughs> games where you have to like forage for food and Chop trees down and make houses and shit. I just played. Um, <laughs> Jason becomes like a fucking survivalist. I w- uh, I am a professional now. Are you? Yeah. You yeah. know what to do. It's a it drink down. Drink your own pee. <laughs> yeah. Jason's like drinking his own cum. Like, no, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it all wrong. Whoa, You're a foul human being. <laughs> no, I played um because Matt left his PS4 here by accident. Uh, He's so bad I'm, for that. He left his GameCube with Shane Lunny for like three years. <laughs> and he's like, every time I was with him, he's like, yeah, I gotta go grab that. Well, it's <laughs> a GameCube. He's like, oh man, I gotta play Paper Mario. Oh, it was really good for uh, Smash Bros. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. Melee? <sighs> Smash Bros. is so frustrating, I just lost every time. <laughs> it was so good. I know, all these guys were way better than me. Until Don. PS4. Did you play that? No, I heard about it. It's uh, pretty trippy. It's I've, a lot like Heavy Rain, right? Yeah, like you're running, like you'll have the It's like story scenes. driven. Yeah. Or it's it's like you're controlling a story. Yeah. It's pretty much like you're watching, like the graphics are really good. Something like. Pretty it, much like you're watching It was su- such a good idea, but somebody ruined it for me. Like if, if they would just make it like a, you're running from a serial killer, but some somehow it's. I don't know. Someone told Until me it's Dawn? different. Yeah. It 
you are running from a serial killer for most of But it's of like it. a and cult or something, right? No, something else happens. I guess, spoiler alerts, if you haven't played Until Dawn and you don't want to know the story... <laughs> I'm, it's I'm an old re- game. Fuck off. Yeah, I know. Well, basically, you're going through this ho- uh, cottage uh, lodge that this people, uh, this family owns. The two sisters go missing one year, and then they have a year anniversary for like a kind of rekindling of the friendship and an honoring of the two girls that go missing. And then all this weird stuff starts happening, and then a serial killer ends up chasing you through different. Like you played six or seven different people, and then if you make the wrong decisions, you can die. But yeah. you can beat the game with everybody. I ended up having like three, but you can get <laughs> all the people at the end. And uh, you find out it's not the serial killer as much as you have to worry about it, as there's these cannibals that were in these mines, oh. like a bunch of miners. Yeah, that's fucked. So a bunch of miners get trapped in the mine and starting like to have to eat themselves and then there's this spirit on the mountain that ends up like turning them into demons pretty you much. lost me yeah I'm uh, that sounds so stupid to me it's it's pretty intense though something turns into like as soon as something goes like so like sci-fi I'm like it kind of yeah you know, like I, I love sci-fi. Me it too, was, but I like sci-fi when it's sci-fi. Good. It was it was suspenseful. It's just there's a lot like the animation derivative. is really cool. Like there's parts where you have to hold the controller completely still, and it comes and screams like is in there your like, face. And if you like, is breathe, there a part where <laughs> your guys like jerking off and you got like shake the controller? Yeah, at the beginning, pretty much. <laughs> 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 no, that's brutal. Cause it wouldn't surprise me. At first, before the sisters die, you find out, like, what's going on. And the the one sister, the, this guy she has a crush on, like, lures her into the room. And then she starts taking her shirt off. And then they're all hiding in the room somewhere. Like, some are under the bed, some are in the closet. And then they pretty much humiliate her. So that's why she runs away and goes missing. Okay. And her sister ran after her because she was pissed. She didn't know that was going on. But I don't know. It was a good game. Like, it's entertaining. I like shit like that. Like, I like the Heavy Rain game and the... Heavy Rain's good, yeah. That's fun. Heavy Rain was like, good. Like, if you don't take and it so Beyond seriously, the story good is good, like, the way they do it. It's so it... funny in Beyond Two Souls how they, like, Ellen Page sued them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she sued Quantic Dream because, like, there's a shower scene, but it doesn't show her, her, her at all. <laughs> yeah. But the developers put nipples on the model, <laughs> on the 3D model. Is so it supposed p- to be Ellen Page? It is Ellen Page. She made the game? She was, like, mo-capped. Oh, really? Yeah. So they did, like, this shower scene, and they, like, they have her, like, her naked body fucking scanned. Yeah. And they weren't supposed to have the nipples on, because it doesn't show them, so there's no point to having it, but they put it on. (laughs) Because game developers are fucking Yeah, and people... The game developers are probably like... And then... And then, obviously, people watch that shower scene on PC and they're like, I know how to rig this so I can move the camera. Oh, right? yeah. And they did. And it got released on the internet because, of course, it did. What and do you she mean? sued. They hacked the game to pull the camera back so they can see Ellen Page showering. Like the real? Ellen? No, it's just a 3D yeah, model. Yeah, so who cares? But it's like a f- legit... Fucking who cares? Jerk off to any other skinny-looking 
Dude, grow. people are weird. People are weird? You have to... Jason has like 500 folders called Ellen Page. <laughs> <laughs> 500 folders. Jason has like like nine copies of Juno. Those folders are full. <laughs> Jason has watched Juno until like the disc wears out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I have watched Juno. It's a good movie. Good for you. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a good movie. Oscars are so good about it. Huh? Oscars, Oscars are pretty soon. I, I I usually try and watch all the Oscar nominated movies before the Oscars, and then I'm like, they're all so Oscar baity. That's why I don't like them. Like, they're movies that are specifically made for the Oscars. The only I haven't watched like any of them this year because I've been working so like much. Three billboards outside. I heard that movie was amazing though. I haven't watched. I, it. The only one I've watched is Big Sick, and that didn't even get a Best Picture nomination. On Oscars, yeah, the nominations are out. Oh yeah, the best pictures are like Shape of Water, uh, Three Billboards, uh, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie with Daniel Day Lewis, um, Phantom Thread. It's called. Did he get nominated for Best Actor? <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's the, this, it's his he's, last movie. It's his last movie. Yeah. And I heard one person describe it as I couldn't tell. If this was the most boring movie I've ever seen, or the most captivating movie same, I've ever seen. Same with Lincoln. Yeah. Although I'll, I'll take the side of boring on that because I fell asleep. Yeah, Lincoln was pretty boring. Um, I've read the I've read half the book for that movie actually. Um. Anyway, I was saying, uh, yeah, Phantom Thread. It's Paul Thomas Anderson, Danny Day Lewis. It's uh, guys who made There Will Be Blood, right? Yeah. And it's about a dressmaker in London. Yeah. It's like, I'll, oh. I'll probably watch it. I'm, yeah, so will I. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, that was really long. There's some weird movies that I like. They have like really strange concepts that I've watched that I really like. Such as? What's that one that you were talking about, the in-depth one? That you're like, if you, anybody wants to well, watch a really that's, in-depth that's one movie. Independent. Independent. Uh, don't, don't Think Twice. That's another one. It's literally just a... It's just about... Um, <clears throat> an improv group where one of the improv actors gets a job on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's a good it's one. It's like really simple, but it's really good. Yeah. No, that sounds cool. It's independent. Independent movies. Oh! I thought you were talking about a movie called Independent. No. I've like, never heard of this called Don't movie. Think Twice. Yeah, that's a good one. Mike, yeah. Mike Berbiglia. Yeah. yeah. He's one of my favorite comedians. Yeah, I like him a lot too. I watched his, I watched one of his specials and then. Did you watch Sleepwalk with Me? His movie, his other movie. No, I haven't watched that yet. It's really good. I will. So I guess this, I kind of wanted to make a little plug here. So when we're on the air uh, for the bludgeoning, we're gonna have our Twitter handle open. So if you guys want to make suggestions um, for any songs or anything, because I had a couple people actually ask me. You can also show. you can also remind Colin not to swear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do that yeah. do that often. Yeah. So. And don't say Super Bowl. No, oh, it's. I mean, Trademark. that's not as big of a deal. <laughs> no, I know. You can't say it here either. Yeah, we can't. I, I said, no, you can't. You can be sued. You can be sued. I, I said this isn't Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Roger Goodell is gonna come after you, bro. Good. You ever see Doug Benson's pot video podcast? He's always Super got people. He's always got video. people's like NFL logo censored on their hats if they're wearing them or whatever. Oh no, 
We're not monetized, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So fuck you, Roger. Well, for Gale. anybody that's curious, I said that The Rock should fucking pile drive Trump. Yeah. Live. The Rock doesn't even do a pile driver. God. That's that was the that was the most egregious <laughs> error. I, I don't watch wrestling shows, <sighs> so I don't know the technical terms. Pile driver is the Undertaker, one of the Undertaker's moves, but his is the tombstone. Tombstone. The tombstone pile driver oh, yeah. kills people. I top. Did he actually kill somebody? No. But uh, he hurts people. Uh, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Owen Hart all broke their necks on a pile driver. Stone Cold Steve Austin broke his neck on a pile driver in WrestleMania 15. And then finish the match with a broken wow. neck. Wow. Or WrestleMania 14 against Owen Hart. Or Bret Hart. Finish the match with a broken freaking neck. What a crazy bastard. Well, all those neck muscles would still hold it together. Well, actually, <laughs> Kurt Angle. That's what happens. Kurt, yeah. Kurt Angle broke his neck before the... he. Okay, I heard this crazy... You know who Kurt Angle is, the wrestler? I do, yeah. He won two gold medals in the 96 Olympics in, in amateur wrestling. He's like one of the best amateur wrestlers of all time. Um, do you remember that movie about uh, amateur wrestlers with Steve Carell? Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. Fucking Kurt Angle was part of that story, and they didn't include him in it. Oh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Anyway, um, so he won two gold medals at the 96 Olympics, and he'd been training for these Olympics forever. And before the, before, in the final match of the, of the um, quali- qualifying rounds, he broke his neck. And the doctor was like, okay, uh, your neck is broken, but because your neck muscles are so strong, it's going to keep the bone there. from, it's going to keep the bone from piercing your spinal cord. So you're okay as long as you can deal with the pain. But because it's the Olympics, we can't inject you with anything. So he fought with the so pain. So you just have to do endure this. All this pain. You have to endure an insane amount of pain while competing in the Olympics. And he became the first ever American to win the gold medal in the, uh, Heavyweight freestyle wrestling. Yeah. It makes my neck hurt. Think of it. Then he got a fusion and turned into a wrestler. Then he, yeah, his neck was fixed (laughs) and he turned into a wrestler and uh, made millions and millions of dollars, became an alcoholic. Who was that boxer that uh, they broke his neck in in a car accident and they made a movie about it? I don't know. A wrestler? Uh, No, a boxer. Oh, I don't know. Same deal. He broke his neck. And then uh, they were if they fused his neck, he couldn't compete professionally anymore. Uh, so he got like he got like that fucking rig. Oh yeah. On his yeah, head, yeah. and he was like training with the rig on and shit. Jesus Christ. With like fucking screws in his head, so it's just like fucking crushing weights with a fucking wow. helmet on. That's crazy. Yeah. I was reading, and that's based on a true story. Yeah, and then he came back and won uh, won his belt back. You know that's. You know the UFC writer Dave Meltzer? He's like a big UFC writer and wrestling writer, combat sports writer in general. I've heard the name. Anyway, he um, he was saying that if UFC was popular in 97, when Kurt Angle was a free agent, he would have He would have gone down as like the best UFC fighter of all time. Oh, probably. Just because his mat wrestling skills was just like... Oh, do you hear about Matt Hughes? He beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar one time in a... In a, in a uh, a real fight? In a real fight, yeah. Nice. And he's like 80 pounds. So, last I heard, Matt Hughes was like making a comeback to the UFC, but I guess he got into a car accident that yeah. Like yeah, I heard really about fucked him up. Yeah. Like brain injury. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't even speak properly. Yeah, anymore. I read about that. That's, That's nuts. too bad. Yeah, and that one. He was 
one of the greatest of all time. Do you know what? Uh, guess what? Boxing and UFC. It's bad for your brain too. <laughs> Boxing, yeah. So same with football. Ah, right, you see Floyd Mayweather took a picture inside of a octagon and said, "Come at the king, bitch." No. Yep. He'll get killed. Absolutely. When fair. head kicks are thrown into the mix. I know. <laughs> That's a fight I want to see. He won't know what to do. He won't even know how to block him. He'll put his fists up, and Conor McGregor will kick his fist into his face. <laughs> they could literally <laughs> double their money by doing like a reverse event. Well, they did. James Tony did that, and he got fucking smashed. Yeah. No, I mean like with um, McGregor and uh, Mayweather. Oh, it would be crazy. <laughs> it would be over in five <laughs> seconds. It would. I know. Well, you just it turn him around and start hitting him. It would be huge. <laughs> it would be. No, like... You thought CM Punk's debut was bad? Wait till you see friggin' Floyd Mayweather's UFC. CM Punk, yeah, that was bad. But Dana fight. White says he's gonna fight again. Probably. You know what's crazy? He'll be better now. So the Bucks... I was watching a bit of the Bucks um, Timberwolves game on TV the other night. Because, like... I was just on TV. And Bill Belichick is sitting front row, courtside... Why? And so is um, Floyd Mayweather. And you know how on the, um, if you stream an NBA game, it shows you the, uh, the, um, the like the in-arena in feed, like whatever the during show, the, the commercial, commercial yeah, yeah, during the commercial breaks, shows you like the arena feed. Yeah. So the audience is like, ladies and gentlemen, boxing promoter Floyd Mayweather and it shows when the crowd roars and cheers. And it shows Bill Belichick and everyone's like, boo! Because in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Everyone's booing the shit out of Bill Belichick. It's like, what did Belichick ever do? <laughs> like, he... He was good? He recorded some Jets players, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and then Floyd Mayweather, renowned wife beater, <laughs> gets cheered. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yep. that's it. We gotta do the intro yet, but that, yeah. that's the end. Yeah. Okay, well, bye. On the light note of... Just stop okay, the recording. Yeah. Just stop the recording. No, no, right no, now. No. Wife Just beating. cut it off. Wife beating kind of cuts it. Yeah, once you get into that... That tears it. We all gotta go home and beat our wives. Well, that magic word, And folks. by that I mean our dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, check us out on Twitter, YouTube, um, at the Wanderers Podcast. I think we're at the point now where you can just search us on Google and find us. Yeah. I, I struggled. The Wanderers podcast. Yeah, but you also need new thumbs and probably put in, like, Winder. <laughs> what is it on Twitter? At the Wanderers pod? At the Wanderers pod. Yeah, so that the Wanderers pod, if you want to hear any music of the metal varieties, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're going live uh, Saturday, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., 101.5. And you know what I was thinking? Afterward, we should, uh, uh -huh. we can always post up, um, the link to the Spotify playlist, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear idea. music curated by three great minds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All Check right. us out Ciao. every Saturday night. Until next time, Nick. Well, actually, how many has that been? Is, are we doing a vote? No. No? It's not vote time yet. All right. Anyways. Thanks, Nick. See y'all later. later.